The most beautiful thing that you do is to take a life that's surrendered to you and turn it around and you just turn it into something beautiful. A life that was in darkness, Lord, you bring us into the light. Where we're blind, you bring us in and let us, we're able to see. Lord, being born again is the greatest miracle we could ask for. So we rejoice this morning. We go back in our minds to that moment when we say yes to you. And God, you changed our lives. You lifted us up out of a pit. You set us on solid ground. You sent us on our way. You've been with us every moment. Every time we've fallen, you've picked us back up. Every time we've messed up, God, you lifted us up and you, hey, your mercy chased us down. Your mercy, you left the 99 and you came back for us. God, we thank you. You never left us in our mess. You never left us laying down. You never left us in the pit. But God, you always come back and pick us up. You always lift us up. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. So I rejoice in my Savior today. And with the joy of my salvation, I say, you are Lord. You are God. You are King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You You are the Lamb of God. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. There's nobody like unto you, O God. We give you praise and glory this morning. For you sit high and you look low. We thank you, Lord, that you dwell in the hearts of man. You live in our hearts, Lord. You poured out the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And the love of Jesus is shed abroad in our hearts, Lord. We thank you for making us instruments instruments in your kingdom to do your will, Lord, to be your hands extended. We worship you this morning with our holy hands lifted high. Lift your hands up in this place all over the room. I will lift up holy hands in his name. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Father God, we worship you this morning. Come on and praise him in the spirit right now. Lift up your voice and begin to worship in your prayer language, begin to worship Him right now in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost helps you to pray. The Holy Ghost helps you to worship. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor and praise in this place. We honor your very presence here this morning. We honor your very presence, Lord. Thank you that you are here. You are here. You are here. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. You never leave us and you never forsake us. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You feel like you've been forsaken. God says, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, says the Lord. I have never turned my back on you even once. For even one moment, I have never turned my back on you. I am always here. I am always here. I am always here. Lord, we thank you that you rejoice over us with singing. Even when we can't discern your presence, Lord, you're there. And you rejoice and sing over us. Hallelujah. Thank you for your love, Lord, like Song of Solomon. Was a lover and his bride. We love you this morning. We're watching for you. We're waiting for you. We're ready for you. Make us a people who are perfectly prepared for you, Lord. A church that's 
without spot or blemish or wrinkle. Lord, that we're holy as you are holy. Lord, bring us back to our first love anywhere where we've strayed. Bring us back to our first love, to the joy of our salvation. Bring us back anywhere where we've gone up, anywhere where we've become lukewarm. Lord, Lord, we jump off that fence right now and come running into your arms. We love you this morning. We bless your holy name. We declare every person has ears to hear the spirit of the Lord this morning. Every heart is open and healed and and ready to receive the implanted, incorruptible seed of the word of God. We will never be the same in this place. As you minister to us, Lord, we lift up our hands, we lift up our hearts, and we say, have your way in this place. Speak, Lord. Somebody say, speak, Lord, this morning. Speak, Lord, this morning. Speak to me. Speak to me. I'm ready to hear your voice, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shout amen in this place. Come on, you better shout amen again in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now would you turn and greet one another over the next couple of minutes. Find somebody you don't know. Tell somebody you love Jesus a whole bunch. And you love them too. People next Sunday. All right? Um, so do that. And then also, um, it has been on my heart to do this for a while. And while I was gone last week on vacation to see my honey in Rhode Island, um, they just stepped out and did it. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Miss, Miss Toby started it, but I have been wanting to start a food pantry. We run across people so often, so many times, who are in terrible situations where they need food, they need help with groceries, they need help with rent, they need help with their light bill. I mean, people need help all the time, and it's terrible to say, you know, we don't have a, an ability to help to help them at this time. But acceleration, I'm telling you, I'm believing God for overflow in this place to have so much and such plenty that we are able to help people and never have to turn anybody away. So what I'm asking you to do is to bring your non-perishable food items in. Now, look, don't go through your pantry and bring your junk. If it's about to go out of date, throw it in the trash. This is that Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. Would you give Jesus something out of date? No. So, so you want to bring, you know, cans of tuna fish, um, non-perishable food items, soups, things that somebody could just heat up and it'd be enough. Um, macaroni and cheese, that's like, what, 10 cents a box? It's not very much for macaroni. I don't even know I have bought macaroni in so long. But just buy things that are non-perishable. You can buy sodas. You can buy bottles of water. Whatever you can bring that we can give out to people, we have a good start on it. Miss Toby brought a, brun- a bunch of stuff, and we've got it in there already. So we have started the pantry. It's started. But, you know, we get to – amen. So – but we need everybody t- – Oh, good. Oh, good. So she mentioned on the prayer call one day, she said some people brought some things today. So bring in those non-perishable food items. Bring them in. You know, Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. I was sick and you came to me. When you did it to the least of these, your brethren, you did it unto me. So it's as if we're helping Jesus when we help the, the poor or those who are less fortunate. Or it's just sometimes people going through a rough time. You know, sometimes you can just go through a rough time. You just need a little help, you know, during a rough time. Amen. I know Obamacare helped me. Praise the Lord. I need my Obamacare. Obamacare. I knew there was a season where I needed help. And I, I went online and I got the help that I needed. It was there for me. Amen. So there's no shame in your game. If you need help for a bit, 
Take what help is available to you. That's what it's there for. Amen? So we, we are going to do our part to help feed people who are in a, in a tough situation. So bring it in. Bring it to the kitchen, and uh, the kitchen staff will put it in place. And if you know of somebody who's in a desperate situa- situation who needs go- groceries, you, you have my phone number on the back of your note sheet. If you don't have my phone number saved in your phone, save it today. Uh, so you can always call me at any time. If there's somebody you know of that needs help, I've been getting calls lately for all, like at least once a week from somebody who just said, Pastor Sally, I heard you could help me. I said, praise the Lord. I don't know where they're hearing this, but hallelujah. I heard that you could help me. I'm, I don't have any place to live. I don't have this. So I think if God is putting it on people's hearts to call me for help, that God's got to send the help, that I can be a pipeline to help people. Amen. So bring in those items so we can uh, continue to help people. All right. That's one of my favorite things to do is to help people. And, uh, you know, I love just coming up here while Murray's been away. You know, I, I have more time to be able to be here. And I just love coming up all week long, all during the week, and just being here and just hanging out with the peeps. With Allison and with Yuri and uh, Joshua, you know, they just come up. Pastor Robert, just different people come up all during the week, and we just hang out. Sometimes we just play cards. Just because I love hanging out with the people of God. Amen. So it's good to just come hang out and just fellowship. So praise God. All right. Well, that's one of my favorite things to do. And my next favorite thing to do is to grow people up in the word of God. (laughs) Y'all, anybody that knows me knows I like to see people grow in God. Amen. Because I know growing in God was such a big thing for me when I came into the kingdom. I was Catholic, didn't really know anything about the word except what they told me. And it really didn't seem right. (laughs) So anyway, I began to learn the word of God and it turned my life around. So I developed this curriculum called Firm Foundation on Sunday mornings at 930. Um, and, uh, and, and people are coming in. They've, they've been through that. We have a whole class. Miss Ka- Pastor Carolyn, where are you? How many do you have in Firm Foundation right now? Six. Six in Firm Foundation. Seven in Firm Foundation right now. Um, and then uh, we, we have a bunch that are uh, starting uh, again in leadership development that have gone through part of it. Now they're going through the rest. But I have this morning the privilege of graduating a bunch of people from Woo! leadership development. And so these are those who have finished, finished the class leadership development. They're ready to go into ministry development. But would y'all just uh, make a big old ruckus as they come forward to receive their, um, their diplomas? The first one is Malvina Constantine. <laughs> if you would, Malvina, just line up right down here on the floor. If I could get somebody to take me a really good picture of all my graduates together. And then I'll need Nicholas, if you would come forward and be in the photograph with me. Amen. With the students, since you taught leadership. Didn't you teach leadership this year? What? It's okay. You're still a leadership, you're still a leadership teacher. Did you sign the certificate? Yes, sir. Because I'm arguing and come up here. All right. Sylvia Garza. Huh? Alfred Garza, the healed man of God with the healing ministry. Amen, amen. Yuri Pugh. So proud of you, Yuri. I tell you, Yuri is a tremendous blessing. He comes and helps every single day. He's here to help. All right, Tracy Loper. (laughs) Come on, Tracy. 
you hold Tracy's certificate for it till she gets situated up here, okay? All right. Oh, Melvinia, I've already given you yours. I knew there were two Melvinia. Which one is the right spelling, Melvinia? One of them's going to be wrong and one's going to be right. That's the wrong one? Okay, that's why you had two. Charmaine. Charmaine Booger. Where's Charmaine? Is Charmaine here? Oh, she's not here. Okay. Lorraine. Lorraine Phillips. <laughs> what? This is your second time. Praise God. Barbara O'Daniel. We are ready for ministry development. I cannot wait to start it. And we're right on track with the Holy Spirit that we've been studying. We're right on track, ready to... Ooh, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit knows how to orchestrate things, doesn't he? Terry Landrum. And Kendra. So proud of you, Kendra. You've been so faithful. And this one, and Charmaine is not here. Praise the Lord. So excited, y'all. Let's get a picture. Everybody smile. Scooch in real close. Y'all scooch up as close to the middle here as you can. All right. Did you get everybody? All right. Praise the Lord. Y'all give them a great big hand. Now, all of y'all are serving. Is everybody serving somewhere in some department? Because that's what leadership is all about. It's about being released to serve. If you're not, we need to get you, get you hooked up, get you started on serving. Amen. All right. So excited. So happy for graduates. And uh, we're getting ready to start ministry development. Yes. Sure. Okay. 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 Look at you. Look at you. You're standing on your own. <laughs> Good job. That's wonderful. Tracy is just a miracle. I'm telling you, the devil's tried to kill her so many ways, so many times with physical infirmities, and she was just walking across the floor a couple months ago, and her ankles just went pop, pop, pop. Her leg and foot just broke in about six different places. Yeah, just just broke. And so it's, it's you know, healed, and um, they can't do surgery to, to fix it, straighten it out, because... Um, she, she just can't receive anesthesia, that kind of thing. So we, how many of you know God is still a healer? Amen. He is still a healer. Amen, amen, amen. Well, are y'all ready for the word? Did, yes, ma'am. I didn't think we were doing those today. Yes. Can you send me the list, Pastor? You did? Okay, my bad. I was on vacation last week. I wasn't thinking about y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. My, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all forgive me. Charge it to my head and not my heart. I'm sorry. We'll get y'all. I promise you. Okay. I knew I was forgetting something. I was. We were having some praise and worship. We were, ex- we were, we were celebrating our one-year wedding anniversary, and it was wonderful. Today he's playing golf with Billy Andre, and uh, he's having a great time. He's having a good time. So, All right, did everybody receive your welcome packet when you came in? 
All right, everybody, if you did not receive your welcome packet, would you raise your hand at this time? Anybody did not receive their welcome packet? All right, does everybody have a pen? Anybody need a pen? All right, raise your hand if you need a pen. You're going to want a pen so you can follow along with the lesson this morning. You're going to want to fill in the blanks. Also, while they're getting pens and and note sheets, for anybody who didn't get one, um, if you're a first-time guest today with us, we welcome you. We're so glad you chose to worship at Acceleration today. We're we're glad that you're here, and we just believe all your spiritual needs are going to be met. Amen? And so what we'd like for you to do is just to simply fill out this connection card. You're a VIP today because you're very important to God, and you're very important to us. So if you would, fill out this connection card, and then at the end of service, you're going to take it right over here to the Statue of Liberty, where the beautiful Marcelina and Ernest is going to be there. Where's the very handsome Ernest? Would you raise your hand? Just stand up, Ernest, so they can see how good-looking you really are. We have the best-looking people at our church, I declare. So Ernest will be standing right over here. He'll receive your card from you, and then we have a special gift that we'd like to give you, as well as some more information um, about uh, your spiritual journey. Okay, so fill that out. Hang on to it. At the end of service, I'll tell you what to do. You take it right over there to them. All right, y'all ready for the word? All right, hold up your note sheet. You have a clipboard there so you can write on your clipboard so it makes it easy for you. Just lift it up as we honor the written word, the Logos word of God right now. God um, uh, uh, spoke and the Bible was written, but how many of you know God has not finished talking? And that's what we're going to talk about today. But but Lord, we just thank you for your word going into our hearts this morning. We declare that it goes in as a seed and it, it blooms up a hundredfold. And we will, our lives will never be the same as the result of the word being sown in our hearts this morning. So say this with me. Say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say it's time to prophesy, babe. Amen. 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 Well, open up your note sheets and let's get started. We've been declaring since the beginning of this year that that this is the year of tremendous fruitfulness, tremendous fruitfulness, that we will bear fruit because because we've been chosen to bear fruit. Very reason we've been chosen. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and anointed you and appointed you and scheduled you to bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so we're scheduled, we're appointed, we're anointed to, to bear fruit and to keep on bearing fruit, to not stay in the same. I mean, I mean you know, you don't stay in the seventh grade forever. Amen. You know all the answers to the, all the questions. Why? Because you've been there seven years. Amen. You've been there over and over. God wants us to move up to the eighth grade. Then to the ninth grade. He wants us to keep moving up, to keep progressing forward, that we keep pressing into the reason for which he's pressed into us. Amen. He's chosen us for a reason. So we want to keep pressing into God so that we can bear the fruit that he wants us to bear. He says his father is glorified when we bear much fruit. So we want our lives to be fruitful lives. And Jesus let us know over in John chapter 14, 15 and 16 that we cannot do it by ourselves. 
He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we've been talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit brings a supernatural power to our lives. We're not supposed to just live natural lives. Just a fleshly existence. Just a normal existence like the world lives. No, we're supposed to be living way above that. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. He's given us authority. And He has given us dunamis wonder-working power. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. In my name. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. In my name, they'll take up serpents. In my name, if they drink anything deadly, it shall not by any means harm them. In my name, they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, they'll speak with new tongues. So Jesus said that there's some supernatural signs, some supernatural things that should follow the life of a believer. If those signs are not following us, Houston, we have a problem. Because either we, either we have not been told, we don't know, we don't have knowledge that we're supposed to live that kind of life, or there's a power shortage somewhere. How many of you know if you plug into the wall, there's plenty enough power to do whatever it is you want to do? There's a power, not just a plug in the wall, but there's a power grid somewhere on the end of that line that's got plenty enough power for not just what I need, but for all of Houston. How many of you know when we plug into the power of God, there's enough power on the other end? So the, the problem is not with the other end. We gotta make sure that we, that we are on point. That our lives are on point. That we're living lives that are pleasing to God. That we're really focused on Him more than we're focused on anything else. That He is number one in our lives. Amen. We'll bear those kinds of fruit. So we started talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we, you know, we talked about last week how the gifts should not operate separate from the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. It starts with the word love. He said that we should, we should eagerly pursue love and that we should desire this, the best gifts. So we don't want to be mean Christians. We want to walk in love while we're walking in these gifts of the Spirit that He's given us, these supernatural endowments. So let's look. Let's get in the Word right here. So number one, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here's 1 Corinthians 12, 1 of the Amplified. God is saying here now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. One scripture says I don't want you to be ignorant concerning. That means you just haven't, nobody's told you. You know, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I knew nothing about this stuff. I'm like, I am a Catholic. I should know this stuff. They, they send you to school, all kind of stuff. Catechism, you don't, I mean, you have to qualify to be a Catholic. And, and I was never taught these things. I did not know about the gifts, the supernatural manifestations. I thought if there ever was anything, surely that would be for the priest. But not so. And, and, and you may think, well, these gifts, these supernatural endowments might be for the preacher. The pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the apostles must be for them. No, it's for you. It's for you. So I don't want you to be misinformed, but these are special endowments of supernatural energy. Now look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. This is where he lists these gifts of the Spirit. And the ones that are underlined are either the ones we've already studied or the one we're studying today, which is prophecy. Okay? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another 
the word of knowledge through the same spirit. Now, we talked about those. And a word of knowledge is when God drops something in your spirit and you hear something from God that you got in the spirit. You did not get this from flesh and blood. You did not learn this in a book. God dropped something on you that you did not know before. Like when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well and and uh, she says, give me this living water you're talking about. He said, okay, here comes the water. He said, go call your husband and tell him to come here. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you've said right you don't have a husband because you've had five husbands and now the one you're living with is not your husband. <gasps> He had her attention. She went from really being, you know, kind of a um, a smarty pants to being somebody who was really ready to hear what he had to say because he gave her a word of knowledge. It's something that he knew about her that, that he didn't he didn't know her, so he shouldn't have known these things. And so that's a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom is when he tells you how to do something. All right? Uh, to another faith by the same spirit. Now, we all have saving faith. We all have... Um, uh, systematic faith. You know, we all have the measure of faith, the, enough to get saved on. Amen. And then the, the, uh, systematic faith is where Jesus said, you know, if anybody speaks to a mountain and says move and does not doubt in his heart, the mountain's going to move, right? Systematic faith. Whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That is working systematic faith. All right. But then there's this special faith. The kind of faith that gets you to step out of the boat like Peter did. When everybody else is on the sidelines and you're like, no, but I hear something from God. I have, you have faith that is supernatural faith, okay? And then by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings. We talked about this, how God, most of the miracles that Jesus performed was him healing people. And, and um, that's, a, that's a supernatural sign that should follow us through the power of the Holy Spirit. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in his name. So our part is to lay hands on somebody just like Tamar came down from the stage, lay her hand on Tracy because there's power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So that's something that we should be doing as believers. Elders are not pastors. They, they could have a gift of pastoring. But, you know, these are the elders. These are just those who have been grown up, who have been through Firm Foundation, Leadership Development, and Ministry Development Institute. Amen. You've been taught the Word of God and you know how to function. And the Holy Spirit gives you an unction to function. Amen. All right, so gifts of healings. And then there's the workings of miracles. Jesus turned the water into wine. He says... These works that I do, he said, greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. So he said that we're miraculous signs and wonders. This is a special endowment. This is a manifestation of the Spirit. What does it say at the top? Is given to each one for the profit of all. So working of miracles is something that should still be happening among us. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody good? All right. right. And then today we want to talk about this one. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So these are not signs, these are not things that should just be happening in the life of your pastor or a preacher. These are things that should be happening in your life. You need a word of knowledge when there's something going on at your job that you don't know what to do or how to do it. 
You need a word of knowledge for God to drop some wisdom on you, for God to drop some knowledge on you for something that you need to know, something in a relationship that you have, just one key from God that he could drop on you in the spirit. Just like when, when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? They said, well, some say John the Baptist. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Isaiah. They say, some of you say you're, say you're Elijah. He said, but who do you say that I am? Everybody was quiet then, but Peter spoke up and said, I say that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And uh, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Peter got a download. You know, we need the gifts of the Spirit working in our lives. Amen? We need, we need, there's super, there's a supernatural level of living that we must get to. If we're going to be the people God called us to be. I don't just go to work and come home. Go to work and come home. I go to work and I am the presence of God on the scene. My marriage is not just any marriage. My marriage is a, is a marriage that has God in it. If there's something I need to know about my husband or another way to minister to him, I expect God to show me what that is. Hallelujah. See, we're going and asking for answers from people, which is not a bad thing to do as long as you ask asking the right people. But you ought to be able to hear from God. Amen. So I wanted to show you this, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And he himself... Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Why did he give us the gift of the fivefold ministry? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. See, I think some preachers and some pastors are just too insecure to raise up people. They feel threatened. But that, they got it all wrong. That's why we're here. I have not done my job if I have not raised you up into a giant killer. Raise you up until you're not so, af- you're not afraid to go up at- to somebody who's sick. You're not afraid to talk to somebody who looks like they're having a rough time because you, we're the ones with the answers. Dr. Phil ain't got the answer. Oprah don't have the answer. Lord knows I love her, but she don't have our answers. Amen. God is the one with the answers and he has put them in us. He wants to talk to people through us. And not just on a natural level, but a supernatural level. That's where God wants us to live. So you're here to get equipped. When you come to church, it's not so I can go home and feel better about myself. That's low living and that's low thinking. You come to church because you get your bucket filled up. You get preached across this across this pulpit for God to speak into your heart so that you can exit that door and go into your mission field. So that you can go out and equip people. This church can only grow. If we're waiting for me to do it, it ain't never going to grow. But but God is expecting you to go and do what you're supposed to do. And you can't do it without being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't do it by yourself. That's why Jesus told the disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But he said, don't go until you've been filled with power. Don't go until you've been endued or clothed with power from on high. And once they got filled with power, it was a whole different deal whole different deal these same these same chickens that ran and hid stood up and boldly declared the word of god three thousand people got saved after only a few minutes hallelujah all right so let's look at the one where, where the gift that we're studying today is prophecy number two is prophecy all right number one the gift of prophecy is regarded as one of the best gifts of the spirit prophecy is 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 considered one of the best gifts Okay, number one. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love, 
which we, when you look at 1 Corinthians 14, 1, you've just come out of 1 Corinthians 13 about the love chapter. Love is patient and love is kind. How to apply love to your life. What love is not. It's not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not, it's not puffed up with pride. Doesn't insist in its own rights and its own ways. It's not always me first. So you gotta have love working. Get love working. Amen. And then he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may what? Underline that word prophesy, especially that you may prophesy. First Corinthians 14, one of the Amplified says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest, and earnestly desire. Would you underline earnestly desire? And cultivate, earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments, the gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So these spiritual endowments, you have to um, cultivate them and learn how to walk in them. You might be a little shaky when you first start to walk in them. Lord knows I am too. But I'm ready to go full force into this thing. Amen? Amen. Casting out demons, was it two Wednesdays ago? A week ago this past Wednesday, a young man came in and um, uh, we were having prayer in here. We prayed over him and sure enough, he manifested a demon. And it didn't seem like the demons were gone when he left. And we were all tired. We'd wrestled with this guy all over the floor for at least two hours. Pastor Robert jumped out and laid his whole body on him and said, come out. <laughs> we did everything we knew to do to get this guy delivered from, from the demonic. And, and when he left, you know, I have to admit I felt a little disappointed. But I had to remind myself, now we told those demons to go in the name of Jesus. So they must obey. And they saw him last week. And he seemed like a different person. Completely different person. Praise God. So I just continued to confess, God, maybe we were a little shaky, but you know what? The name of Jesus ain't never shaky. Amen. When you speak the name of Jesus, demons must obey. Hallelujah. So we have to cultivate these things. Next time I'm going to have a little more authority. (laughs) I already have the authority, but I have a little more faith in my authority. Amen. So that's, that's what we're, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But he says, especially that you may prophesy. So that's something I need to cultivate. I need to earnestly desire that I prophesy. Alright, so why should we especially desire to prophesy? Because when I read something like that, I'm like, wait, why? Why should I, why do I want that gift above other gifts? Don't, do y'all, are, am I the only one who likes to ask God questions? Why God? Why do you need me to prophesy? What is that? So to prophesy, in, in the Greek, it's all one word in that scripture, that you may prophesy. You may prophesy. And I thought, you know what? That's real good. Y'all underline that. You may prophesy. I felt like God's given you permission. You may prophesy. You may do it. I don't know if that spoke to y'all, but it spoke to me. But to prophesy it means to foretell events, to speak under inspiration, to exercise the prophetic office. The ability to receive a divinely inspired message and deliver it to others in the church. Revealing the heart and mind of God in a situation or time. It's the gift to believers and unbelievers and a sign that God is among his church. What better thing could there be among believers and unbelievers? That it's a, it's a sign that God is in our presence when the woman at the well heard Jesus say something that he could, he shouldn't have known, that let her know, God, you've been watching the whole time. And you didn't give up on me. Even though I've made so many mistakes that people would have given up on this woman, she, 
Jesus didn't give up. He came by on purpose to talk to her. I must need to go through Samaria to talk to that little woman who was a mess and let her know that God was there. She left her bucket and went and became a preacher that very moment. The whole city of Samaria got saved because of that one woman and because of that prophetic word that Jesus spoke. So it's the believers and unbelievers, and it's a sign that God is among his church. All right, so that's, that's a good reason. All right, number two, prophecy edifies and encourages people. It encourages people. It edifies. To edify means to build up. Edify is where we get the word edifice from, and an edifice is like a skyscraper. So to edify means to build up. So a prophetic word will build you up. Kevin, is there any way? I know I'm doing this on the fly, and I promise to never do that, but is there any way you could pull up that prophetic word that was spoken over me and play it? I thought so. Y'all give it up for Kevin right quick. I tell you, it edified me, and it became an anchor to me over years of trouble and things that went on that did not look anything like what God had spoken over me. But I kept saying, God, you said. So when you get a prophetic word spoken over your life, don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Write it down. Memorize it. Go back and can I get the tape? No, not the tape. CD? Or is there a download for that somewhere? So I can listen to it again and again. Amen. So a prophetic word, it encourages. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So it's a, it's a comforting gift. Amen. So edification, look what that means. Instruction or improvement, coaching, training, guidance to build up. An edifice is a skyscraper. But exhortation is encouragement, warning, a call to action, correction, inspiration, comfort, and revelation. Now, who wouldn't want that from God? Who wouldn't want to be corrected when you're about to do the wrong thing? Who wouldn't want to be built up when you're feeling low? Who wouldn't want to be encouraged? Who wouldn't want to be warned? Who wouldn't want to be warned? I want to be warned. If I'm about to do the wrong thing, send the prophet to come tell me I'm making a a, a mistake. Because we can be well-meaning in some things and be ready to make a mistake. Inspiration, comfort, and revelation. They're human words spoken through a human mind, but they are divinely inspired. That's why the Bible says that we have to um, hear the word. And and what's that word? I knew I should have put the scripture down. That we have to um, judge it. Then when a prophetic word is spoken, it must be judged. Because why? It's got to line up with the Logos word. God's not going to give you a prophetic word that does not line up with the Bible. And if it is, throw it out. Somebody's prophesying in the parking lot. You know, if they won't say it in front of your pastor, okay, I got a problem with you. Amen. So don't let anybody speak anything over you. Something flaky. You know, don't, don't take, it's got to line up with the word. Amen. All right. So, all right. So number one was what? All right. Number two, encourages people. Number three, he wants us to experience his presence. When you receive a prophetic word or when you are, when you are the one who prophesies. Okay. When you're the one who prophesies, um, you experience his very presence. Message translation. 
When you proclaim his truth in everyday speech, you're letting others in on the truth so that they can grow and be strong and experience his presence with you. Did y'all get that? Okay, y'all stop looking at the screen for a second. Look right here. Hello. Eyeballs. I need eyeballs right here. Let's read that again because y'all didn't get that. When you proclaim his truth in everyday speech, you're letting others in on the truth so that they can grow and be strong and experience his presence with you. Acts 15.32, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to what? Encourage and strengthen the brothers. It lets you know that God's presence is on the scene. All right, number four, prophecy lets you know what God is doing. It lets you know what God is doing. You know, God wants us to hear him. He wants us to know what he's doing. Amen. Um, he wants you to know what's going to happen. Look at Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. But that, that doesn't mean that he doesn't reveal things to us too. We're his children. Amen? And if, if a gift of the Spirit is prophecy, then that's something that I should be able to receive from the, from the Lord. Amen? Amen? So he doesn't do anything without revealing it. Hallelujah. He's got to make himself crystal clear. All right, then number five, prophecy can warn us about what's coming. Sometimes it's a warning word. Amen. But let me show you this, because this is a prophecy where God was letting me know. This was 16 years ago, 16 years ago that God spoke this word over my life. This is Frederick Casey Price. How do we turn it up? Can we back it up? What do we got to do? For that that you ignore, the waters are about to gush forth, and you will experience that which your heart desires. But that was a prophetic word 16 years ago. And that word kept me anchored through a whole lot of stuff. See how powerful prophecy is because it goes into the future and brings it and sets it in your hand and lets you know this is what's going to happen if you hold on. Because there's a process to bring it to pass. Just because God spoke it, because there's every every prophecy, every promise has a has has a, a a faith process to bring it to pass. So I've had to stay in faith all these years and and believe, even when it didn't look like that, <laughs> even when it didn't look like what God said. I had to say, but God, you said. I had to stand and believe that that prophetic word was just as good as, as God said in the Bible, let there be light. And there was light. That, that no word from God is ever going to fall to the ground. That he sent out his word and it shall go out and, and accomplish the thing for wherein he sent it. So I had to just stand and believe sometimes. That word, that prophetic word anchored me. Maybe there's been some things been spoken over your life that haven't come to pass yet. You hold on to it and let it anchor you. Amen. And hold you right through every storm. And I came through every storm. And here I stand today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. So where are we, where are we are now? Number five. Okay. Number five. Prophecy can warn us about what's coming. Did I already tell you that one? All right. Acts 11, 28. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. So he, he stood up and, and said, there's going to be a great famine. This was a warning about something that was going to happen. When Joseph was warned about uh, the seven years of, of famine, 
you know, there were seven years of plenty before that, so God gave them a plan to store up in the plenteous years so there'd be plenty for the famine years. And so God warned Noah about the flood. God warned Abraham about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did Abraham do when God revealed that to him? What did he do? He warned him that that was going to happen. Abraham interceded for Lot. Lord, if there's just 50 righteous, will you spare the city? For 50, I'll spare it. Well, what, if, what if there's just 30? Well, for 30, I'll spare it. What if there's, Lord, what if there's just five? Will you spare for, for five? I will spare it. And there wasn't even five in there, so he ended up destroying it. But sometimes God warns us about stuff so that we can intercede. See, God worked with Abraham's prayer. He got down as, as low. I mean, to think that there were less than five righteous in the land was hard to even fathom. But God honored his prayer. He did get his loved ones out. Amen. So, um, and then Abraham, he also told him about his descendants becoming slaves in Egypt and, and, and the Exodus. So he warned him. He said, okay, before Isaac was ever born, God already knew that for 400 years that the children of Israel would be slaves in Egypt. And look what he said here. This was, it was a warning. He was letting him know, know certainly that your descendants in uh, Genesis 15, your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. Verse 14, and also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possession. So God is letting him know ahead of time, way ahead of time, what's going to happen. Um, he warned Jonah about the destruction of Nineveh and told him to go in and, and preach to him. Of course, we all know Jonah went and got on a boat instead and caused a great fish to swallow him up when they threw him overboard. And then the fish vomited him on dry land right where he was supposed to be preaching anyway. And he goes into Nineveh and tells him the land is going to be destroyed. Um, if you don't repent, well, the people did repent. Jonah got upset. But God let him know what was going to happen. And, and uh, when the people fasted and prayed and repented, God changed his mind. Jesus' coming was foretold all throughout the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi with startling accuracy that he'd be born in Bethlehem, that he would teach in parables. And then the very scene of the cross, you know, we talk a lot about the 23rd Psalm, but you, when you read the 22nd Psalm, it is a picture of Jesus. It is, it is telling the story of be, Jesus being crucified 600 years before it happened. I mean, it, it says... All my bones are out of joint. He was thirsty. My tongue clings to the roof of my mouth. For my clothing, they cast lots. For my hands and my feet, they pierced. 600 years before Jesus was even born, with incredible accuracy, God spoke those things about him so that we would know it after he came. And then 2,600 years ago, he told Daniel about the things of the end times, how travel would increase and knowledge would increase. And are we living in that today? Those very things? And it's all been within the last hundred years. Knowledge has greatly increased. Travel has greatly increased. You can get on a, on a plane right across the street and be anywhere in just a matter of hours. People are going to and fro just like Daniel said that they would. John the Apostle, the Revelator, wrote out the end time prophecy so we'd know what was going on. Jesus gave us the signs of the times. There would be a moral decline and Men would call evil good and good evil. If God said it, if God says a chicken dip snuff, you better look under his wing for a can. Because if God said it, it it's going to come to pass. Amen? 
So Paul warned, Tim, warned Timothy what people would be like in the last days. Now, this is 2,000 years ago that this was written. 2,000 years ago. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Kind of sounds a lot like what we're living in now. Number six, prophecy can tell us about future events in our lives. Acts 21, 10 through 11. A certain prophet, here he is again, named Agabus, came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. It was a prophetic word to Paul, knowing that he was going to be arrested. So the next question is, how can we increase the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Number one, honor his presence. How many of you like to be ignored? Nobody likes to be ignored or to feel invisible or feel that they're not there. Nobody, nobody likes to be ignored. But yet I think that's what we do a lot of times with the Holy Spirit is that we ignore him. We have to really have a consciousness of the fact that he is there and that we honor him in his presence. Even if it's just under your breath while you're at work, Lord, I just honor your presence right now. I know that you're with me everywhere that I go. You're Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is present. And your Holy Spirit is in me and with me. You know, God told Joshua, he told Moses, he said, take off your shoes from off of your feet for this place where you stand is holy ground. Wherever you stand is holy ground. Why? You are the temple that God has chosen to live in. He doesn't live in buildings anymore like they, like they did before, the tabernacle and the, t- the temple of Sinai. He doesn't live in tabernacle. He doesn't live in a gold box that they carry around. You are that gold box. You're a living, breathing stone, a living stone being built up a spiritual house unto God. So you are the holy ground. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Honor his presence. Wherever your feet are, that's his feet. Is he in you or is he in you? Wherever my hands touch, he touches. But we have to have a consciousness of that. Get out of our flesh. Get out of low fleshly living. Get out of carnal carnality and carnal living. And live that higher life in the spirit. Focus on things that are above. Set your mind and keep them set on the things that are above where we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Amen. We get to the high living, and we do that because we, um, because we honor his presence. So we live like he's with us because he is. Ephesians 4, 29 through 32, it says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Verse 30, And do not grieve distress or bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That's so powerful right there. Would you just put a circle around that part? 
Just draw a big circle around that part of that scripture because I really want that to stand out. Do not grieve. I believe that we grieve the Holy Spirit sometimes by the way we get in the habit of living. But you know what? We're breaking those habits this year's acceleration. We are breaking those habits that grieve God, that don't honor his presence. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the last, on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, Harsh words and slander, slander as well as all types of evil behavior. See, slander, talking behind somebody's back, even if it's true, it grieves God. Harsh words, anger, rage, but even in your own home. Because I know we tend to act one way at home. And we get to church, bless God. How are you, sister? Oh, good to see you today, too. You know, we're totally different. We just had a big old fight at home. Then came in smiling. Amen. So we want to live, you know, at home the way we live in front of other people. Amen. As well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I believe it grieves the Holy Spirit when you don't forgive somebody. And when you're holding on to bitterness, I believe that grieves the Holy Spirit. Number two. How do we um, get more of the power of the Holy Spirit? Create an atmosphere that he loves. So I live like his presence is there because it is. But then I want to create an atmosphere that he loves. You know, he loves worship. The Spirit of God comes in when you worship. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. Amen. That we, when we worship, when you have worship music playing, shut off that stuff that, that doesn't glorify God. Shut it off and build yourself up with worship. And it allows the Holy Spirit to feel comfortable. Amen? The Word. The Holy Spirit loves the Word. He's the one who confirms the Word. He's the one who teaches you the Word. He's the one who opens up the Word and helps you to understand it. Amen? Order. Order. An atmosphere of order. God is a God of order. If you've got chaos everywhere and your stuff is all over the place, what's your closet look like? What's your car look like on the inside? You know, if there's disorganization, I believe God is a God of order. And I believe that, that we can think better and we can hear God better when things are in order. Amen. Love. You know, we want to take authority over a lot of things, but sometimes we just need to take authority over a sink full of dirty dishes. And live excellent. Y'all don't be dirty. Don't be nasty. Clothes piled up everywhere. Things are a mess. Pig pen, bugs flying around. What? Yeah. I have not seen in y'all's house. I just know. Amen. What'd you say? Stop exposing. Yeah, but no order. You want to hear from the Spirit of God? You know, I believe that, that we may create an atmosphere that He loves and order is important. And then, of course, a, a, an atmosphere of love. So shut, up, shut off things that don't build up your faith. TV. Internet, you know, if there's foul language on it, I have no desire to listen to it. And I will not listen to it. I will shut it off. Amen. I have no desire to, to watch something that doesn't build me up. Sometimes stuff is just interesting, you know, because I'm a studier of people and human behavior. But if it crosses a line now, I have drawn a line. And I'm not, I'm not letting anything in my spirit that does not build me up. Amen. Um, husbands and wives, the way you treat one another. First Peter says, you know, watch the way you handle one another that your prayers be not hindered. Husbands, dwell with your wives with understanding. 
give an honor unto her as the weaker vessel, that your prayers be not hindered. So you got you 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 know the way you act at home with one another, the way you treat one another. Don't be mistreating and be disrespectful to each other. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get it right before you go to bed. Sit up until you get it straight. If you can't get it completely straight, put it on the shelf in the closet and then, you know, tomorrow try to work it out. But as much as depends on you, live peaceably with one another. As much as depends on you, do your part. Y'all need to act right at home. So then don't smother the presence of God with too much worldly stuff. Too much worldly stuff. The cares of this life will choke the word of God. First Thessalonians 5.19, don't smother, suppress, or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't scoff at those who prophesy. So in other words, you've got to embrace prophecy if you want to receive it. Number three, surrender yourself to be used by God. You know, I believe, you know, you can stand back and stand on the sidelines if you want, but this church is moving into the prophetic. This, this church is moving into the supernatural. We are moving into being what we're supposed to be. We are changing the culture of this church. We will not come in and let things just be dead and be satisfied. Amen. We want this place to be God moving, God breathing, God speaking, God disrupting everything and calling the children out and praying over you know let's just do whatever god wants to do amen we can order pizza if it goes long praise the lord i'll buy so surrender yourself get god all out of the timeline and, and be willing to say you know what not my will but yours be done god maybe i never thought a thing about prophecy or being used by the holy ghost but lord not my will i want your will to be done James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. If I'm going to be a doer of the word, then okay, I need to prophesy. Amen. Amen. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. So I believe an atmosphere of humility is the place where God is able to to lift you up and use you. But if you exalt yourself, you got to get humbled. Oh my gosh, I believe it's been 16 years since he spoke that word over me because I had to get humbled. I was a mess 16 years ago, but it didn't make the Word of God any less true. But I've been humbled over these years. I've learned some things I wish I could have learned just through wisdom. (laughs) Jesus, help me. (laughs) But I learned it, amen? And now I'm a more humble person, and God is able to use me. So you can learn it through wisdom, or you can go through the hog trough. It's your choice. The hog trough is dirty, and it stinks. And don't taste good. Number four, build your faith for prophecy through the word of God. You want more faith? You've got to hear more word of God on prophecy. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you'll prosper. So I got to believe that the prophetic word is true. Amen. That God is talking to us. Romans 12, 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Amen. All right. Number five. You want more? Ask him. You want to be able to walk in the prophetic? You want to be, you want to go to another level? Ask him. Ask him. Luke eleven nine through 13. So I say to you, ask. Would y'all underline the word ask right there and there in that scripture? Ask, and it will be given to you. Would you underline that? And it will be given to you. 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 Seek, and you will find. 
Knock and it will be open to you. It will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Could you imagine handing your own child a snake? He says, no. He said, or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen. How much more? If you ask Him, will He give you the Holy Spirit? And he, Don't worry, you're not going to get some demon. You know, Don't be afraid of that because if you ask for the Holy Ghost, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to speak in tongues. That's nothing but the devil. It's not devils. And you better watch what you're saying because you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. That's the one thing that can't be forgiven. So you better know what you're talking about when you start talking down on God's stuff. Don't put your mouth on it. Amen. Acts 19.6 And when Paul had laid hands on them, The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and what? And prophesied. This is where Paul came across some disciples who didn't, who had, had, um, they were, they were some disciples and he said, have you been, uh, baptized and have you, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, what? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. He said, well, then what were you baptized into? John's baptism, you know, baptism of repentance. So when they'd been baptized in the name of Jesus, It said that Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with other tongues and prophesied. They spoke with other tongues and prophesied. The Spirit did his part. They did their part. Paul did his part. Paul did his part by laying his hands on them. The Holy Spirit did his part by coming upon them. And then they did their part by speaking with tongues and by prophesying. So sometimes it's just obeying the Spirit of God. Let the Holy Spirit do what He does. And He's not going to give you the whole prophetic word at one time. He gives you one little piece. And you begin to say that and out it comes. Amen. Just like a river. He said, out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. And this He spoke of the Holy Spirit which had not been poured out yet. So there's a river in your belly that's ready to come forth. It's ready to be poured forth. Amen. Ooh, I'm just resisting the urge to lay hands on everybody this morning to receive the I'm just I'm standing here, but I feel like a horse in the gate where the gate hadn't been opened yet. I don't know. I don't know. Is there anybody here who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Anybody has not been filled with the Holy Spirit? Get up here and let me just lay my hands on you. We don't have to go long. We don't have to tarry long. Just come stand here. Come here. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do my part and I'm going to lay my hands on you. Holy Spirit's going to do His part and come upon you. And then you do your part. Speak with other tongues and begin to prophesy. You do your part. You willing to do your part? Are you going to let the spirit of timidity and being shy come over you? I'm just going off script. Y'all better get used to it. Changing the culture of this church to be the culture of God. Supernatural God. The Bible says, Matthew 3 and verse 11, John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. 
But there's one who's coming after me who's mightier than I am. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Amen. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then over in Mark chapter 16, we mentioned it today. He said, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will speak with new tongues. And we're going to talk about speaking in tongues next week, but I don't, I don't think we need to know a whole lot more about it except that God said we're going to do it. And if I lay my hands on you and do my part, I believe the Holy Spirit will do his part. And then I believe you'll do your part and you'll begin to speak. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is not going to take you over and make you speak with tongues and you have no control over yourself. No, you're going to use your mouth. You're going to use your just the same way you draw breath in your lungs to speak your natural language. You're going to draw breath in your lungs to speak this supernatural language that will come out of your belly. Amen. About the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this gift is for me. I ask you to fill me now with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I promise I will do my part. And I will begin to speak in a language I've never spoken before as the Spirit supplies the words. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I need every other Spirit-filled believer to come and stand behind them. Don't touch them, just stand behind them. God, amen. So I'm going to lead you in that, a very simple prayer. See, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need to be forgiven for our sins, every single one of us. Amen. And Jesus died on the cross to pay our sin penalty. So when we accept the free gift of salvation, we give him the rest of our lives. We're no longer our own, but we give ourselves to him completely. And we live a brand new life without sin. Amen. All right. So I'm going to lead you in this simple prayer. Just say this after me. Say, Father, I confess to you. That I am a sinner. I have messed up. Sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And I believe that he's alive now. And seated at your right hand. Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life. I want you to be my Lord. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you said that prayer and you meant it in your heart. I'm telling you, you are born again. You're a brand new creature. And you got to let somebody know. Nobody gets to sneak into heaven, right? So I'm just asking you on the back of your connection card, you prayed that prayer today. Make sure you fill out this card so I can read it. Because I want to call you and let you know what your next steps are. Then on the back of the card, there's a place for you to put a big check mark. For you to let somebody know you've received Christ. It says, yes, I choose Jesus and commit my life to him as my Lord. Amen. So you're going to take that card over here. You're going to take it to Ernest. Um, he'll be standing right over here by the by the blue dresser where the, the Statue of Liberty is. This is where your life of liberty starts. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a life in the 